Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Round six is upon us, and as we're recording this, as we go to air tonight, Supercoach365 can bring you the exclusive via Twitter, so not really an exclusive, but Johnny Morris has coached his last game at the Sharks that well, that awful loss, really, in hindsight, wasn't it, Tommy? Uh, good evening to you. As we go to where we must say that Johnny Morris has been shown the door. And it's, uh, geez, it's a bit of a tough go for Johnny. But you can see why that uh, the Sharks are keen to move on quickly. You can see why they're keen to move on, but it's uh, it's left Twitter in uproar, actually, this news. Everyone's getting behind John Morris, and they're pretty off the club for the way he's been treated. And I suppose it's not surprising that he's not going to be there next year, given the the news that had been around, but it's quite surprising that he's gone effective immediately. Yeah, and he, I mean, he coached a lot of these guys through the junior rep systems and then through the 20s as well, so he might only have been their NRL coach for a season and a half or two years, whatever it might have been, but uh, yeah, the players play for uh, John Morris, and it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how the Sharks respond to this, and uh, Josh Hannay, it looks like, will take over uh, that head coaching role, and we saw this in 2014 with the Sharks. I think they had three coaches in about six or seven weeks and it really disrupted their season. Yeah, in an, uh, interesting position now with a lot of players off contract next year as well. So I suppose the board did really want to get their ducks in a row quickly so they can start re-signing these players and signing new players. But yeah, look, interesting month ahead, I think, with the news uh, fresh tonight. Yeah, we'll get into their uh, round six clash with the Knights. Um, geez, it doesn't get any easier for uh, for the Sharks this week going up to Newcastle, but we'll preview that game a little bit later on. Let's look back uh, before we look forward. Round five uh, got underway last week, and uh, we're going to make this a little bit uh, shorter and sharper tonight, but it's hard to look past the performance of Latrell Mitchell, 120-plus uh, points last week, and he just really stood up with uh, Cody Walker not there for Seattle last week. Yeah, exactly right, and we we kind of talked about it last week with Cody gone that Latrell and uh, Benji as well, who starred, would both stand up, and they definitely did. Obviously, Broncos were a, 
a good opposition for them to have, but um, they did the job. Uh, some others to go big last week, of course, David Fafita against the Knights. He scored a hat-trick. I think that's the first of his career. And Ryan Pappenhausen, again, just uh, continued to announce himself uh, one of, if not the best fullback in the game at the moment. Yeah, these two are just unstoppable. Um, I'll let everyone into a little secret that you own both of them in your draft competition, which has given you a, a huge start to the year. But for Fafita especially, yeah, well, for Fafita especially, um, just untouchable the other day. His tries were just like men against boys, really, and um, he doesn't really show any signs of letting up. No, he doesn't. And uh, again, I think he's raised his price um, by a hell of a lot. I think it's 150000 or 180000 that he's gone up in the past couple of weeks so uh, if you're owning for feeder in classic or you jumped on uh, a few weeks ago you were seeing them very well at the time how good is it to look back in hindsight uh, another man who really stepped up or, or who kind of showed what we were hoping for him to show in the first month of the competition charlie staines he scored i think it was a double against the raiders and um yeah i mean he's, he's just showing that he is a threat and will be a threat for the panthers on that right edge yeah well he proved me a fool i was saying possibly sell him but you stuck solid and uh you, you got the chocolates for that this week against broncos as well it's a pretty enticing fixture i'm still kind of excited for him to possibly get a go in the one jersey i'm not sure Stephen Crichton has really made that his own the last couple of weeks so we still could see Staines get a run there this week perhaps yeah and it looks like if you're ever going to give him a go to see what he can do at this NRL level playing fullback then this would have to be the week because uh, just checking up here on the injury report via the Panthers website uh, it looks like uh, Dylan Edwards could be a chance to come back for their round seven game next week against the Knights at at, um, Bluebet Stadium at, at Penrith so yeah, if you're ever going to give Staines a run, this is the week to do it at fullback. I just thought that Staines had more upside to some of those other cheap center wing options. Uh, Tessie New was one, uh, another one floating around, um, of course, uh, Avarello, which we started the year with as well. So Staines probably had more upside and more reasons to keep above those others, uh, starting to repay the faith. Tommy, let's get into these talking points. Of course, we do it every week on our podcast. A big thank you to uh, the many, many people here who sent these through. Uh, William227 at our Instagram DMs, of course, he asks, thoughts on Latrell? Is it a luxury or a must-have? And, I mean, I've I've done my trades for this week, and we'll get into those at the end. I will be playing without Latrell this week, but um, a couple of these uh, different variations I had on my team, I was trying my best to get Latrell in, but I think you're going to have to sell Teddy or perhaps to do it. Um, if you're going to sell Teddy, this would be the week. He's got a massive break-even, but... Luxury or a must-have, I still think he's in that pod range at this stage. Yeah, he probably still is a pod. I'm kind of fortunate in this regard. I do have both Luttrell and Pappenhausen. I only brought in Luttrell last week, but it was good because he got 138, and he's averaging 92, and really the south's left side, he just chimes in on every attacking play, and he often just goes himself, and he's probably good for a try nearly every week. So he's probably not a must-have, but, geez, he's, he's getting pretty close. Yeah, and if you kind of were committed to rotating players in and out in that triangle, you know, from uh, Teddy to Trell and then sell Paps when his break even gets too high back to Teddy, then I can maybe see some merit in getting Latrell in for Teddy this week. But, I mean, you said it a couple of weeks ago, didn't you, Tommy, that break evens when it comes to players like Tedesco, you almost just throw them out the window. Another question here from Savvy Tyler, again about Tedesco. Uh, should they trade Teddy out for Turbo this week or wait a couple of weeks and see how Tommy performs? 
think it's a simple no, not this week. If Tommy comes out and brains it, but that you know that risk of uh, return or, or re-injury rate is pretty high with Tommy, so I wouldn't be going down no, that route. I, I agree with you, just on injury and also. I mainly have been pretty pretty terrible to start the year. I know Tommy usually turns them into a good team, but you just want to wait and see and see how he influences the side first, I think. Tony K asks, is it time to get David for feeder? Because he seems to be trending up every week. Mate, if you've got $750,000, um, you're doing quite well if you can afford to make this trade. I think it might be two weeks too late, Tommy. Um, I mean, there's no signs of slowing down from for feeder, but... Um, I mean, you look at their next six weeks, I think they play four of the bottom teams uh, in, in the Bulldogs, Cowboys, Tigers, and the Broncos, of course. Um, so no signs of slowing down, but I think it's one of those trades that you might be a little bit too late to the party. Yeah, I think you said a couple of weeks ago, don't chase last week's points, and oh, you probably go big again this week, but at the price he is, it's, unless you're pretty much flush with cash, it's going to be hard to, I guess, fit him in. Yeah, he's break even as we look here. It is only forty four, so you think he, you know, he just about does, you know, inside the first half. But yeah, whether or not he can sustain it going forward, and that's the thing, um, he has sustained it to this point. But there has been a lot of tries in these efforts. He's not going to score two. He's not going to score three tries every week. So um, maybe give it a week or two to see how they go. I think they do play the Panthers uh, and maybe the Storm. Don't quote me on that one, but inside the next six weeks as well. So maybe get him on the back of one of those off or, or down performances. Uh, this one will be a, a key question this week, I think, from Jet O. Is Ben Condon worth it? Um, I think I can give you my answer a little bit later, but he's probably one of the lowest break-evens here. In fact, it's a minus 28 this week. So, yeah, he's definitely in. You know, If you're going to get him in and cash out one of those mid to, to high range 2RF options. Ben Condon is an option this week. Only question being is how long is he in this team with Tom Gilbert uh, on the horizon for the Cowboys? Yeah, that's a big one, job security. But look, with a break even of minus 28, you can't really argue with it. If, you, um, if you've got, I guess, the trades, if it's something your team needs, I should say, definitely a good option, Condon. Uh, Cooper Young says, Luai or Walker? Uh, geez, uh, you'd be spoiled for choice if you could have them both. If you're playing with one or the other, I think Luai's really stood out for me this year. He's really impressed me, gone above and beyond what I expected him to do. We said in our uh, preseason preview podcast, Tommy, that that average of 70 for a 5'8 is probably about the golden mark. Uh, Munster and Walker were doing that uh, throughout 2020. So Luai, um, he's a real shining light in this Panthers team. And you mentioned the left side of South. So how about the left side of Penrith? Yeah, absolutely. You're spoiled for choice here either way. Like, I don't think either would leave you uh, sad, I suppose. I'd probably just go Walker from a historical point of view that he's been a super coach gun for years now. I'm sure Luai will be as well going forward, but I don't know. I'd rather just take the slightly safer approach and go with Cody myself. Yeah, and I think, as you say there, um, historically, Walker has been that more attacking, um, I guess, the player Souths go to in those attacking zones. Latrell might be impacting that a little bit, but I think, you know, whereas Penrith have that dominant call on the right through Cleary, Adam Reynolds just doesn't have that in in key zones. So I think Walker probably the safer bet, but if you're running the gauntlet or or keen to, I guess, play a little bit more left field as a pot option, then Lilai could be your man. A couple of others here. Tommy, this one's probably a good one for you to touch on. Is Damian Cook a keep or a sell? He's underperformed to start the year, but... I mean, we've kind of, he's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't he, Damien Cook? Yeah, he has been a roller coaster. I think he's scored two two scores of over 100, and then the other three have been 
fairly disappointing around 35 to 50. Um, look, I don't know, with Harry Grant coming back now, it does kind of could be the time, I guess, soon to go to Harry Grant. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he is expensive and maybe not until I do see him named in number nine, Harry Grant, that is. Um, I mean, why would they change a winning formula the Storm? I think Brandon Smith's been pretty good. Hasn't been, you know, as good as Cameron or even as good as Harry could be over the course of 80 minutes, but Harry on with fresh legs on either side of half time, It just seems to work. Well, it has already uh, against the Bulldogs last week. We'll see how it goes against tougher opposition this week. Uh, again, we'll keep scrolling through here. Uh, is it time to get a, time to get rid of Remus Smith yeah, while we're still on the Storm? He's just reaching his average every week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those interesting ones as well. I probably wouldn't be getting rid of him quite yet. I think um, Brinko Lee's obviously got to come back somewhere into this team, uh, whether that's in the centres and that pushes Remus to the wing. I think that can actually help Remus's game. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think once Brinko comes back... I reckon George Jennings will be the man to make way in the Melbourne back line, and then you'll see Remus out on the wing, and like you said, that could be beneficial. We saw Vunavalu often be a good threat on the wing, and Smith will be in his place. So, look, it could work well for Supercoach, actually. The area which is really hurting Remus, um, or that we were hoping for with if he was to be playing on the wing, was his base stats. He's just not getting those running metres out of his own end, whereas he would if he was on the wing. Um, I think I said to you the other day, Tommy, that he averaged 60 with the Bulldogs in 2018 when he was playing uh, on the wing. So if you're averaging 60 at the Bulldogs, it's a scary thought what you can be averaging at a quality team like the Melbourne Storm. Keep rolling through here. We'll go through a couple more before we get in to round six teams. Uh, is Ricky a sell? My team is in all sorts this week. I'm sure there's a couple out there that will uh, be feeling that way. Is Jordan Ricky a sell? Uh, the Broncos, of course, have the Panthers on Thursday night. Yeah, look, I'm in his position with uh, Ricky. He's been a good, a good hold for me for a few weeks now, but this was the final straw being named on the bench this week against Penrith. Break even of 51. That's fairly high. He'll be, he'll be doing well to reach that. I've sold him and uh, gone on to bigger and better things myself. Uh, we'll get through two more here and two more familiar names to this podcast. Tommy Gibbs. Uh, we've already touched on this a little bit, but keen to go through it a little bit more. Is uh, He says, is it time to move heaven and earth to bring in David Fafida against the 2RF depleted Manly? Uh, I'm not sure who will be running at on that side, so um, we'll have to bring up the teams. Or oh, Tommy, if you've got them handy, uh, do let me know. But, I mean, we went through that period last year when Teddy just went on that golden run and we thought, oh, we're going to have a million-dollar player. I mean, David Fafita could be that man in Supercoach if he really sets his mind to it and they keep scoring the points that they are. Um, the thing which favours the Titans, I think, uh, last week and obviously this, is that daytime time slot. Um, the Knights, uh, sorry, rather, in that game against the Knights, you just see how much they love to attack. So um, David Fafita again, Glenn Willow Oval out there and Mudgy is just um, like a billiard table. Tommy, is it time to move heaven and earth to get in David Fafita? Yeah, well, we did touch on this one before, but look, the more I look at it, the more I'm starting to think you can definitely make a case to get him. I think we said the break even was only 40 this week or something like that. And like, like, yeah, like you said, he'll get that with ease, really. And Manly's edge defense on both sides is pretty limited. So, look, I'm not going to blame anyone if they want to do it. It's everyone, I suppose, they have a decision to make. They need a lot of money to get him, and they need, they probably need to move someone on who's fairly expensive. So, I don't know. 
up to you. Kind of depends, yeah, kind of depends who you've got already. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have him, but I'd have to sell about three quarters of my team to be able to afford David Fafita. Uh, and last one here, Blake Moore. He says, Roosters v Sharks was a classic example of today's game. Winners win, losers lose. Hard to argue uh, with that because, and Tommy, you, you read out the stat today about the Sharks' success about uh, against these bigger teams, but uh, the Roosters, they just found a way to win, and it was via Sam Walker, just this young kid who hasn't been burned by losses, uh, just came in and really did a job on the Sharks, who probably were feeling those scars of not being able to get over the bigger teams. Yeah, I think uh, our question asker, Blake, may have had a bet on that game. Could be influencing his opinion there, but he's not. he's not. It's hard to argue. Uh, Sharks haven't won a, against a top eight team for since 2019 so I think that showed in the final stages there and Sam Walker yeah what a what a chance to talk about him here two scores of 80 plus in his first two games in first grade and high ownership in super coach and everyone's loving him absolutely we're a part of that list I do believe I've definitely got him I think you do from memory uh, before we do jump into round six uh, again a big thank you to all of these people who've got these questions in if we haven't answered them here uh, we'll do our best to get back to you on our Instagram story, so keep an eye out for that. But Tommy, uh, before we dive into round six, tell me again, uh, how did you finish up last week, your score overall, and where are you placed heading into uh, the new round? Yeah, mate, uh, 12.92 last week, another decent score, top 6%. Uh, it was a lot higher, my score, before I noticed Ryan Pappenhausen lost a lot of points in the recount and had him captain again. But that would have affected everyone, not just me. Uh, top 10% overall for total score, just a tick under 6,000. Jeez, you're making moves, aren't you, Tommy? Um, I went the other way this week, and I kind of prefaced this last week when I said it'd be a bit of a down week. I didn't make any trades because I kind of just wanted to let these players bank some cash. Um, Cody Walker obviously didn't play for me as well. I didn't look to replace him. Um, and a couple of these players hit their BEs or only just went over it. So... Uh, maybe not as good as a week of I, as I would have hoped, but um, we go again in round six, and that's where we start. Let's get into it. Thursday night, uh, we've already touched on it a little bit, but the Broncos and the Panthers to meet at Suncorp Stadium. The Panthers just keep on winning. The Broncos keep on losing. Uh, looks a, a one-way go here for the Panthers. Um, let's talk about Supercoach break-evens, though, while we're on it. Matty Burton, minus 21. Staines uh, is just one. And on the other end of the spectrum for the Broncos, those bigger names, Pangai Jr., 139, and Haas, 120. Uh, the pain will set to continue uh, for Haas and TPJ if you're playing with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, pretty bad signs for Brisbane players there with the high break evens. But the man we talked about last week, Charlie Staines, uh, if you're holding him still, the break even of one against Brisbane on the wing he could score six tries really on Thursday night so that's really looking promising for holders of Charlie. Yeah on that other side though we touched on it a little bit before but I just want to look at it here Matt Burton with that break even of minus 21 I did flirt with the idea of bringing him in but uh, again uh, Edwards is due back soon so whether Burton will keep that place at uh, left center you'd think he wouldn't Crichton will revert so he could be a little bit of a trap there for players uh, or super coaches at least looking at Matt Burton for this yeah, week. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what Cleary does when Edwards is back. I think Burton, like most of the NRL community, Burton is he's too good to go back to reserve grade. I think he'll be in the 17 somewhere, but yeah, probably not starting centre. Yeah, and I think 
that utility role could hurt him. Like he's he's almost like the the Jack Bird mold, um, or almost like a, a Tyrone Peachy. He's obviously found his groove this year at thirteen, but. Um, when Jack Bird broke into grade, he was obviously wanting to play in the halves and then he was shifted to fullback and then found a home in the centres. Burton's versatility might actually hurt him here. Obviously, he's off to the dogs next year, but for the rest of the season, he might get a run or he might miss out purely because there are more specialist players in that team, i.e. Kurt Capel, who can play in the centres or in the back row. But anyway, um, again, we're going to go through these previews, these game-by-game previews. Team lists uh, in our, in an, another standalone podcast, uh, Supercoach Bets. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, listen to that if you want to uh, hear a little bit more of our thoughts on the game. Knights, they take on the Sharks on Friday afternoon, the earliest slot. Of course, both of these sides coming off last start losses. Uh, in terms of break-evens, price changes, trades in and out, uh, Teague Wilton minus 21 break-even. I jumped on Wilton a couple of weeks ago and He's done a really good job, serviceable, uh, over 50 points. He retains his place uh, with Wade Graham out with that HIA concern. Uh, for the Knights, though, some big break-evens needed here. Ponga, 114. Frizzell, 107. Clemmer, 106. So if you're playing with those guys, um, you're probably likely to take a hit this week. Yeah, I'm bleeding a bit of money here. I own both Frizzell and Clemmer, and they both only scored around 40 last week in that uh, badly beaten team against the Gold Coast. But I had bigger fish to fry this week, so I have to keep them. But yeah, Teague Wilton, nice looking for you with that minus 21 break-even. I guess with Wade Graham due back, I think, next week and the core back this week, Wilton's job security is a question mark. Yeah, and I think I, I think I said last week that I liked his um, prospects long-term in this team uh, ahead of Nakora and ahead of uh, Talakai on the basis that Johnny Morris, his uncle, is the coach. Fucking fast-forward seven days and Johnny's not there, so Teague might not be there in the next seven, which is um, cause for concern for myself and um, I guess anyone else who jumped on Teague's back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the game of the round, and we'll get into this as we say, yeah, you know, and we'll break it down a little bit further in that additional podcast, but uh, the Storm and the Roosters uh, maybe doesn't carry the, the gloss of the figure um, this season as it has in years gone by without Cameron Smith, without Cooper Cronk there, but this will still be a beauty. Yeah, absolutely. I think it definitely the game of the round, as you said, and I do think from a super coach, super coach point of view rather that it does kind of hurt their scores when the big teams play each other. Like, I don't think Ryan Pappenhausen sets up to score 100 this week as he did the fast few, same as James Tedesco. So from that uh, perspective, I guess it isn't as enticing for supercoach players. Yeah, and we've seen that in the past where good defences mean smaller supercoach scores. Uh, we brought you some breaking news at the start. More just through here. Ben Marshke, uh he's not been found guilty, so he will be free to play. That obviously hurts uh, anyone who is keen to pick up uh, Adam Kieran, who was, of course, named in Jersey 14 uh, and a chance to play hooker uh, this week for the Roosters. Of course, he's back from injury. Uh, break-evens here. We mentioned George Jennings at the top, uh, minus 33. So if you've held George to this point, uh, congratulations. Uh, his time might be coming to an end, but should get a nice price rise this week. Talking of nice price rises, Sam Walker, break-even, minus 111. So you're filling the boots there. James Tedesco, 150. So both sides of the coin there for the Roosters. Yeah, that would have to be the lowest break-even of all time, wouldn't it? Sam Walker, minus 111. Ridiculous. Uh, TD, I think we've touched on a few times. If you have him, even though it's a high break-even, 
I'd probably just hold him considering his his high average and his uh, star quality. Yeah, I mean, if you were happy to play with Teddy from the start, which I was, you weren't. You obviously went Latrell, um, the better of the pods between, well, obviously Tommy Turbo and Roger Tuovaza-Shek, probably the next best. But um, if you're holding Teddy, you're probably not going to get rid of him. Um, set and forget sort of player. So uh, he will take a small hit this week, you'd think. Um, but again, he'll probably make that back the week after against the Dragons. Uh, moving on here, the Seagulls coming off a win. We can't say that too often. Uh, up against the Titans, who thrashed the Knights. Um, AJ Brimson, again, he was one of those players. We mentioned them as a pod, perhaps, for Teddy at the start of the year. Big break even. He won't hit that. 102. Josh Schuster, uh, he's doing a nice job for the Seagulls. Break even of just 19. So uh, Shuey will make a little bit of more money uh, again this week, you'd imagine. Yeah, Schuster's going well. I think we were pretty early with him earlier in the year saying that he should get a run in the team. And it looks like he's going to stay there for the majority of the season now. He's, he's too good not to be in this Manly Seagulls side. I think we should also obviously mention the return of uh, Tommy T. Maybe not the week to buy him in super coach, but uh, good to watch. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see how that impacts the game of Daily Cherry Evans as well, who could really um, announce himself as that pod or as you know as a almost a must buy at that second uh, backup halfback slot uh, once Sam Walker has finished making the money in a couple of weeks' time, uh, or just hold Sam Walker. I mean, he looks a real talent. So, um, but Daily Cherry Evans, obviously a proven performer there. For the Seagulls, uh, anything else we should touch on here, Tommy, in terms of team news? Uh, Jack Jazewski's out for the season, I think, or at least uh, the next few months with that injury, which just hurts me. Uh, I've had Host, I've had uh, Kaon Kalomatangi, I've had Jazewski. Uh, it just seems to be a cursed position in my team. This backup two uh, RF. Yeah, no, that's uh, you've had a run of bad luck there. I'd say just on two RFs, uh, Tyrone Peachy in this fixture. He's going really well this year. I think he scored over 100 last week. He's often been a rocks and diamonds player throughout his career, but he seems to find found a home at lock and a break even of only 43 this week. Could be enticing for some. Yeah, while we're on Tyrone Peachy, I will just say this. I think um, he's been very good. Yeah, you're right. He's averaged over, geez, over 50 now, over 60 um, on the back of that century score last week of 101. He did play 80 minutes last week, though. Before that, I think he averaged about 48, 49 minutes. Um, so if you are bringing in Peachy this week, just be wary of that because um, injuries to the outside backs last week meant he played uh, longer minutes than he probably will in the weeks to come. If you want to play the Titans uh, outside backs, I think Brian Kelly is obviously a good shout, but uh, he will take a little bit of a hit this week, Brian. So beware of that as well. Uh, moving on. Uh, to Saturday afternoon or later Saturday evening. Uh, the Rabbitohs uh, taking on the Tigers out there at ANZ Stadium. Uh, we won't talk about the head-to-head battle here uh, in terms of uh, end result or covering the line and such, but um, Latrell, we mentioned him a little bit already. Break-even of 18, expected to make about 46K. So it could be a good chance to either save uh, the cash with Teddy and move to Latrell if you are playing that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think now is the time with Luttrell. Uh, this is a really good fixture, you'd think, for him again. Could even be a captain or vice-captain option if you're that way inclined. So, yeah, I'd be massive advocate for that. Um, from the Tigers, the Tigers, yeah, sorry, point of view, Jake Simkin is a big in for Jacob Little. And uh, speaking personally, that's a big bit of an out, Jacob Little. He'd been pretty pretty good performer in that backup hooker role. Now he's... Uh, 
in reserve grade. So that's uh, kind of forced a change for me and probably for a lot of people. Yeah, well, so at the start of the year, we tossed up, didn't we, um, between Little and Braley. I think Braley was obviously a little bit more expensive, but no pun intended there, a little bit more expensive. But he obviously justified the cause, um, Braley, um, including him from, from day one, obviously playing in a more consistent team, being the Knights. I think that what hurts Little owners um, even more was his break-even was only nine for this week. So big decisions, do you trade him out or do you hold him in hope um, that he comes back and, and gets that projected price rise of another 50 or 40K thereabouts. So um, we'll get into our trades later, Tommy, but I think that's the question that a lot of people, in fact, about 30% of coaches uh, will be facing this week. Do they hold or sell little? Um, good luck to you if you have to make that choice. It's not an easy one. Uh, rounding out the last of the action on Saturday night uh, is the Raiders against the Eels. And some decisions to be made here for coaches as well, Tommy, with the return of Ryan Madison. Obviously, that looks like likely to impact the minutes, the output of Isaiah Papali'i, who's been sensational for the Eels. Yeah, this is uh, my other question for the week, to be honest. Papali'i, low break even of negative seven, so I'm probably going to keep him, even though he's on the bench. Uh, great base numbers and... Call me Megan Trainer. I'm all about that base when it comes to Super Coach. <laughs> so I'm probably gonna gonna hold on to him no matter what. Uh, Madison, he's one of my favourite players on Super Coach. Break even of 142 though, so maybe you do just wait a week there perhaps. And that's what on the basis why I traded Madison out. I think it was the week as soon as he did his um, HIA or when he was knocked out by Kafusi. I knew in the past that he was, I guess, conservative with getting back, which is fair enough, but um. Yeah, that high uh, break-even, which is hanging over his head, isn't um, isn't favourable for for Ryan Madison owners. Another one we'll touch on very quickly here: Make a Sevo. He's just been, he just hasn't been finding the line as often this year, has he? He just, I don't know. The Eels just look. I don't think they're they're playing their attacking best, and obviously that comes on the back of the form of Moses and Brown, and they they've obviously swapped sides, so he doesn't have that combination down that left with Brown and Gutherson as he has in years prior. No, certainly not the force he has been, and I think what you said they're playing all through the middle this year, not really going as wide. So yeah, just steer clear of Sevo, I'd say for the moment. Yeah, he's one of those players that you know will probably bag fifteen twenty tries a year. It's just important when you do pick him up. I think there'll be a time where he is super coach relevant towards the back end of the season uh, if the Knights, uh, sorry, rather the Eels get on a little bit of a run and uh, his break-even is much lower than it is this week. Probably the team that's impressed or surprised the most people this year is the Dragons, of course, the team which beat the Eels last week. They'll take on the Warriors this weekend. I think they're looking to make it something like five wins in a row. I can't remember the last time they would have done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Dragons playing very well. Of course, they welcome Josh Maguire to the club. He's named on the extended reserves this week. But there's no reason why they can't keep rolling on here, the Dragons. No, very exciting team to watch. Um, Maguire will be an interesting inclusion as well when he does make the starting team. Just on super coach, Jack Bird going really well. Break even of 16. Really couldn't tell you not to buy him. Lomax, who I own, break even of 104. I'm probably just going to keep him just because I like him a lot, very biased towards him. Um, would you do the same or would you be looking to get rid of him? Yeah, now? I think he's almost in the mould of, uh, I'm not going to quite say Tedesco, but kind of once you get these big names in, you don't really want to get him out. It's too hard to get him back in. And you probably want to be finishing the year off with Lomax anyway. 
Um, so he might you know take a bit of a hit this week, but if they are scoring tries, which they are scoring plenty of, and he's kicking goals, um, definitely scope to keep Lomax in despite that high break-even this week. Across the board, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, a uh, minus four break-even. Um, the pick of uh, their bunch, of course, scored a try last week. But otherwise, Roger Tuavaza-Shek, again, a popular pick, 103. Tohu Harris, a 91 break-even. So uh, Warriors players will be lo- uh, losing a little bit of cash this week. Rounding out the last of the action this weekend, of course, um, back to that 4 p.m. time slot. Uh, now that we're heading into the colder months, the Cowboys, after uh, an impressive, a shock win against the Tigers at Leichhardt last weekend, taking on the Bulldogs, who were pumped by the Melbourne Storm. Some key changes here. Uh, Jason Tamalolo is back for the Cowboys. Um, Josh Jackson is out. So some changes there in the number 13 jerseys for both teams with Luke Thompson named to start at lock for the Doggies. Yeah, I think I've, uh, I've cursed Jason Tamalolo uh, twice this year. I've predicted him to go big and both times he's been a late withdrawal. So I'm sure he listens to this podcast and I'm sorry, Jason, for <laughs> screwing you over there. But uh, look... Break even of 127 this week. I'd probably be waiting to see his minutes and whatnot before putting him in. Uh, we touched on Ben Condon as well. Possibly a good cheapie to get in early now. Yep, and I guess while we're on it, we may as well get into our round six trades. Uh, and I'll kick us off here, a bit of a segue. Look, the job security might not be fantastic, but I think if I'm ever going to have to find a way to get rid of um, some of these mid-rangers which I'd brought in, uh, not least Josh Jackson... Uh, it has to be this way. So I've just cashed out here. Condon comes in. Um, he will be he will be at that backup 2RF slot um, and able to shift some coin into my center wings that were in desperate need of attention. Brian Toto, oh, big Brian comes in. Love the work that Brian's doing for the Panthers on that left side. Um, able to find room for Brian Toto. And so they're the two trades this week, and obviously with some shifting around with uh, backups and reserves and the like. But uh, we'll post all of that up at our website. Tommy, uh, what have you done heading into round six? Yeah, mate. Well, with uh, Jacob Little being pushed back to reserve grade, surprisingly, I've gone to his replacement in Jake Simkin, hoping it's just a like for like there. He's at the base price of 173000 So put him straight in that backup hooking role for Little. And then also, I've got a bit of spare cash to play with, thankfully, here. So I had Tyson Frizzell, high break even this week of 109. I'm going to move on from him, and I'm actually going to go to David Fafita with their nice fixtures coming up, and he's relatively low break even. Why not? May as well get on the horse. Yeah, if you can. I mean, if you can jump on it, if the uh, saddle's not too high, definitely be riding that pony uh, all the way to the bank, you'd think, uh, David Fafita. Um, Let's get into our bold predictions now. Uh, if you haven't uh, had one already, Tommy, I'll give you a little bit of time to get stuck in. I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, I think I'm just going to play it safe this week. I'm just going to go Brian Toto to score 100 against the Broncos. Is that, is that even a thing? A safe prediction of 100, Brian Toto against uh, the Broncos? If ever he's going to score one, uh, it would be this week, you'd think. Um, just amazing base points. I think he got 70 last week without a try. And that just says everything about... Brian Toto, keeping it simple this week, uh, obviously last week um, was a little bit of a, a challenge, um, Pappenhausen scored his 100, Tedesco and Laurie both faltered, so one from three for me last week, keeping it simple this week, straight up and down, Brian Toto to score a century. I like it, I like it a lot, um, like you said though, picking bold predictions of 100 this year, 
they're just killing them easily. They're getting 100 easily. Uh, there's big name players against the weak opposition. But that's uh, where I'm going with mine as well. Uh, big name player in Cody Walker returning this week up against weak opposition in the West Tigers. I just think he'll be smarting after missing a week uh, last week and he'll be ready to rip in and I'll have him down for at least 100. Yeah, I really like that. Cody Walker, uh, first up from a spell. Just talking in uh, racing parlance here, but um, yeah, it'll be fit and firing, you think, Cody Walker back this weekend against the West's Tigers. Uh, that's all we have time for here. Supercoach 365, obviously, uh, be sure to follow us across all the socials at Supercoach 365. Uh, for a game-by-game breakdown, a preview, of course, heading into round six, uh, be sure to jump over to the, our Supercoach Bets podcast. Of course, we do that for topsport.com.au. Uh, good luck with your teams this weekend. Uh, we'll speak to you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 